Welcome everyone to Haters Drinking Haterade episode 28, 29. I've lost counts. I've completely have to stop the episode count now. Uh, with me as always is Siddhan Mehta. What's up, Sid? Oh, I was just checking the score on the USA basketball team right now. Yes, it just happened. In the Olympics. It just finished five minutes ago. And uh, they just lost uh, for the first time since 2004. Uh, to and a team? Uh, it, Sorry, it, go on. The other team was better. Uh, yeah. So, I'm doing better than the USA men's basketball team, if that's yeah, what you're asking. Just me. a team led by Rudy Gobert, Nick Batum. Who else was there? Anyone else of note? I think that's it. That's enough that you got your that's ass enough. kicked by a team led by Rudy Gobert, Nick Batum. Yeah. Dark Horse MVP candidate, Nick Batum. I think Frank Nilkina's in the team. Oh, good. Just check. That, that yeah. makes it better. Frankie Nicotine's in there. <laughs> your favorite. That, that, should, that should let Kevin Durant sleep at night. Dressed I mean, that guy, busy pulling pranks. that guy is just probably unhappy with everything right now. Uh, oh, man. Okay. Yeah. Nilikina. Oh, he didn't play. Okay. So, uh, Timothy oh. Luau Cabrero, Nick Batum, Evan Fournier, uh, uh, Rudy Gobert, uh, Poirier, who was released last year, I think. He was also playing this game, apparently. Fournier with the 28th point game in the Olympics. That's a lot of points. Yeah. In, also, in an Olympic game. Like, just, just this as you is not the NBA. This, just as you were reading off this list, I thought this might be the dream team of bad contracts. Like, it's just, they've all been oh, in the Hall of Fame of bad contracts. Each of these Actually, players. yeah. I, I just breezed over Gerson Yabusele, who was on a terrible contract for a while there. So, you're right. Like, we could actually do some pretty bad contracts here. Yeah. Oh, man. All right. Let, let's get into it. You, we'll do we'll do some Olympic shit at some point when we're truly fucking bored with life, and the only other option is shooting ourselves in the head. We'll do some Olympics coverage because this is just sad. They've lost what three out of their four last games. Yeah, it's, they just do. They're just doing whatever ridiculous. at yeah, this it's point. Just like fucking ridiculous. Yeah, the Instagram content is better than the basketball content. All right, let's let's jump back to the NBA. The season is over. The Bucks have triumphed. I was wrong, Sid. Uh, you came out right. Uh, very well done. Good predictions. But I think um, what yeah, a fucking was, game by Giannis. What a to fucking clear, way to finish it. I, I did feel like games one and two favored the Suns more than it should have. Like they weren't that good. But like what we did discuss about the Suns looking like the team of destiny stuff, it felt pretty real. So I was holding on to the Bucks, Bucks and Six uh, prediction by very little belief at that point. Because I was like, oh man, I don't know. I'm just doing this because their three-point percentage was fluky good. I'm talking about the Suns here. So so maybe they'll not be that good later and then they lose. And that's kind of what happened, but also Giannis happened. And I think I'm just going to let you take it away. No, Giannis happened in every conceivable way Giannis happened. Like this is, yeah. this game was so good. It was beyond Shaq statistics. He goes 17 from 19 from the free throw line. That's insane. Yeah. No one, like you, no one in their in right minds, like the gambling addict of addicts, would not have bet that number. As oh, insane no as that bet might have been, no chance. I mean, if you if you made that bet, you are uh, you have a yacht right now. Great, good job. Yeah. But there's no also, way you're crazy. anyone thought that you're was crazy happening. You're a crazy man. You're an insane person spend time with, with a you. yacht. Yeah, you are driving into cyclones on a daily basis, driving sailing, just to sailing roll the dice, cyclones, just yeah. to fuck with it. 
what a fucking game 50 points in nba finals is already five insane. blocks five blocks like he could have had eight he could have had eight they two of them were goaltending and just <laughs> by like that much no, he went insane and he, he I, I think he also went insane because he didn't want to take this to a game seven. Uh, that's that's completely fair. I think they were already, the, the, the fuel tanks were low. This was one of those performances where he pulled out every single thing that he had in the tank and he just threw it out of that court. Amazing to watch, like just amazing to watch this dude play. I think if he, if he gets anywhere near this, if he gets, I don't know. I don't know if he still needs another player. Look, I still have my doubts about uh, the Bucks. Uh, in any in any reasonable Eastern Conference, you know the Nets are going to come back stronger. Um, the Celtics might get better. They've got that Kemba Walker salary off their I'm books. Not holding my breath on that. Not one. holding your breath. Fair, fair enough. The 76ers, they could get better. They are could they completely shut down. Something like, I don't know. They could move to Seattle. I have no fucking idea what's going to happen to the 76ers, but there's a chance, right, that they could get better. Are you talking yourself into the Bucks or out of the Bucks? I'm not. I'm, I'm not trying sure. to say. No, what I'm trying to say is what next? That, the Raptors are ready to come back. I'm trying to say that I would like to write NBA fanfic because that's what I can do. I can do it well. Uh, no, my point is that I think next season, if if he keeps up with this kind of form, they might not need another piece. They might not need anything else to change. Uh, not that they have the scope to change anything right now, but man, if if these are the kind of performances they can expect from him in the finals, he looks like the finished product. In this game, in this finals, in those last four straight four wins, he looked like the finished product, man. Like, And there was... There were gaps before, the free throws, the clutch moments where he was getting the ball in the last few minutes. All of these things look like they got ironed out. And like we said last week as well, he's made an evolution as a player. And it, this game just felt like now it's now it's final form. And he's still only 26. Which is yeah. the scariest fucking thing of all of these things. That he's only it's 26. Fantastic. It's fantastic. And, and he was just humble about it. He said, uh, you know, if I never do it again, I don't care. I did it. I did it the right way this time and that's good enough for me. And like, that's the other thing. Like, uh, we, we've been spoiled in a way in the last five, six years by watching teams go consistently back to back into the, uh, finals appearances and win multiple titles and all. Most players do not get that. Even superstars yeah. do not get more than one or even two titles. Some, some of the best players ever have never gotten two titles, you know? Yeah. So like, it's it's tough. It's really tough. It's and you you know what it is. It's not. I mean, if you watch it long enough, you'll realize. And this is with any sport, any team sport that is, and even actually any sport. It's not just about how good you are. It's about uh, luck in terms of injuries, in terms of just the ball falling the right way sometimes. Like anything can happen in the in this uh, big span of time or in a very short span of time like how bad would his injury have been how much worse did his injury have to be for them to not win the title yeah how far away did kevin durant's toe have to be from the line for him to for the bucks to be out and the nets to be in the in the finals or, or harden's recovery any any better of harden or or kyrie not on landing on giannis's foot yeah you know so, like, there's a lot to this uh, and I'm not taking anything away. I'm just trying to say that it's not talent that wins you a title alone. It's, it's a lot of things and uh, fair play to this Bucks team, man. Because you know what? I, I said it in the in that second round series. I said whoever wins this series is going to win the title and the Bucks beat the Nets. And I felt like that was the toughest series in this playoffs. Looking back, Suyash, oh, yeah. do you think so? Oh, no, I completely agree. 
and and that's what's that's what the, how close it came it literally was that half an inch maybe less that decided that series and that was fair because all of Kevin Durant and 50% of Harden was a fair and even matchup against the Bucks it really was and it was a tough fight and KD had to throw it all out uh, in that series KD was obviously the far better player right but i want to see this bucks the finals teams we saw in the uh, the the bucks team we saw in the finals go up against that nets team like i want to see that battle next year yeah i want to see that play out i think we have to also acknowledge how good kd and and uh, um blake were defending yanis because he didn't look yeah. like this in any 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 of those series in any of those games like he played well he got points he made his presence felt but they they took a lot away from him you know yeah uh so fair play to the entire buck squad fair play to budenholzer who we've done nothing but antagonize this entire time uh but he sure showed us you know uh i will say whatever we made fun of in our exaggerated way was what he did but it worked out because uh he did he what he does is he throws a lot of cards on the table immediately in the series uh he he doesn't make the obvious change until he makes the obvious change and then you're like why didn't you just do this before and that's so frustrating because you can see it but it worked out uh, props to drew holiday for having the drew holiday game props for chris middleton to still doing jordan 2003 uh <laughs> wizards impressions uh props to uh, brook lopez for being awesome and like just scoring when the when the other four three four guys didn't have it it was always him it was always him in the paint dropping it off and props to bobby portis for being crazy <laughs> you know because that helps a lot commiserations to chris paul uh yeah it's just not on the cards buddy sorry you're just charles barkley it's it's not a not a, that's you know that's a that's a that's a compliment it's not even a backhanded one like yeah we feel like you want a title if that means anything it it i don't know if it does but i i still think that just just what he did with the suns team is was historic it really was to come in um into a this team, team had which was been in the playoffs never. at all for 10 years yeah. yeah yeah it's been fucking ages since they were in the playoffs this this young core had been constantly criticized talked about as not being good enough what chris paul comes in and goes from non playoff to finals is an insane leap to take with it and of course they got lucky in, in in their own circumstances right what you talked about with the bucks their journey involved uh, anthony davis going down kawhi leonard going down maybe those two things don't happen jamal murray getting well, injured beforehand yeah well jamal murray, that's yeah. not their luck but you know yeah. it doesn't yeah. help that they i mean it helps that they didn't have to play him so yeah it it really helps that they didn't have to play a full strength nuggets team because that team was looking very very dangerous in the last quarter and that, of the season i think that team was better than the suns team to be fair no i think that's absolutely fair i think there was a point for those like that 10 game stretch after aaron gordon joined them that they looked serious finals contenders that they looked like they were yeah. going to come out of the west i think was, i think they were my fourth team to win it Yeah, I yeah. I think that's that's fair. I would have said I I would I would put them above the actually. I had the Bucks. I would have put five. them ahead the Bucks as well. I would have yeah, put I yeah. would put them ahead the Bucks as well because they looked really really solid with Jamal Murray but so without him I had I had Nets, Lakers, Clippers, Nuggets, Bucks. That was the five that I had. I I don't know if I had the Clippers that high. Like, I th- I really feel I would have put the Clippers uh, I would have put the Nuggets third. Nets, Lakers, yeah. Nuggets and then the Clippers. 
Well, there you go. I mean, yeah. great job. Uh, Phoenix as well, good job. Uh, I feel like... Uh, how do I say this without sounding s- not smug? I don't know if this is going to happen for them again. Yeah. I. It's The West is tough. Like, it's tough, man. You can't get this configuration of injuries again. Yeah. I mean, you also look at the long term. Like, Clay was out the whole year. Like, you know, like a lot of big players in the West were out for big stretches, you know. Uh, The Jazz, no one's going to believe in them ever again. So that's a good thing, I think. So then they can just drop like a stone and disappear. (laughs) So uh, we can all get on with our lives. But then, um, you know, that means there's place for everyone else to rise. Yeah. So, uh, I don't know. I think this is going to be tough for the Phoenix Suns. Uh, they can prove us wrong. I mean, Devin Booker is still a, a, a really good player. Uh, I, everything that I said that tampered expectations around him throughout our talks about the Phoenix Suns and in the last part as well. Uh, he's a tough shot maker, but he doesn't, he doesn't have enough to be a complete decider of games as yet. He's very close. And trust me, he... I'm not saying that he can't do it. I'm saying he's only done it one out of four games or something like that. And it, okay, sometimes your team isn't there for the right, so it doesn't work out. Not your fault. But like, he did put down put down back-to-back 40s. He did score the most uh, points ever in a playoff debut uh, for, for the entire playoffs, that is. So, uh, let's just say it's a, it was a great, great debut to a man who's probably going to have a lot of good playoffs uh, success in his life. Hopefully, uh, win a thing, maybe. And let's remember, 24 years old, this guy. Yeah, okay. that's what I'm saying. There's at least long 10 years more of this yeah. in his, uh, long, in his long future. Long, long yeah. yeah. All right. Speaking of the future. The future. Let's segway go into time? the future. Is it segway, segway time? Segway time, absolutely. Uh, let's jump right in. We know what's coming up. It's the draft. The season is over. Basketball is over. But now it's about... No, no, no. Basketball is just beginning. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Basketball hype is beginning. The actual ball bouncing on a court is done. But now is possibly an equally interesting time of this. I don't know. I don't know of any other sport which is as interesting in the off-season as it is in the on. Uh, we're going to talk about the draft on this episode. But on, we're not just going to talk about it or cover it. We're also going to try and explain as much of it as possible. So uh, there's there's a lot of our listeners, all four of them, who probably watch a lot of games but don't know the don't know the nitty gritties of the of the, of the season and how the NBA plays out. So I'm just going to try and explain uh, the draft in in parts, right? So let's kick it off. What is the draft, right? Sid, do you want to take that question or should I? Sure. Yeah. Uh, so there are 30 teams in the NBA, as we know, and at the end of every regular season, they are arranged in terms of their uh, win-loss record, which determines their standings within the overall league. From one position, one team with the best uh, best record in the regular season to team 30, the team with the worst record in the regular season. And what happens is the uh, the best young talent of the year from around the world is eligible to play in the NBA in the year of their 19th birthday. So that means is uh, you can be 18 right now in July 2021 
but within the season that takes place this year you need to be 90 so uh that's that's how you get to pick these people and that's why you can't pick anyone from high school because they're still going to be in high school during this time uh so these are the players that are eligible what happens next is uh, uh the positions from 1 to 14 are determined uh by the team with the 14 worst record so team 1 to team 14 whoever had the worst records are arranged in in that uh, in this range of choosing the best player okay so the best player technically might not be the best player who is picked but the person the team that gets to choose the first player is obviously in the most advantageous position because they can choose the best prospect in this entire class of players and that is determined by the draft lottery which is a lottery uh, that means there are odds as to which position from 1 to 14 you can get. So 14 teams are in the running, but they might not be 1 to 14. So team 14 can be team 7 if the if the odds work out for them. And uh, this year we didn't have a very surprising lottery. So we had very similar um, sort of winners and losers in terms of the uh, odds of who gets to pick. And when they pick, they pick in two rounds. Okay. So you have uh, the first round that's uh, picks 1 to 30. So the first 30 players and then round 2, which is 31 to 60. And anyone who didn't get drafted can be signed later by any team that has space or whatever um, sort of cash or development programs. Or they can go back to their lives and come again next year and see if they get drafted again. Or work at a bank, you know. Whatever, yeah. however you want Whatever to Whatever comes first, yeah. No judgments. All right, just to clarify one quick thing there on the lottery. Um, so if when you're 1 to 14, you're the 14th worst teams. The worse you are, the higher your chances of getting the higher pick. So it's sort of like the the original way of doing this was they'd have a giant ball with teams' names uh, on balls in it uh, inside this giant, uh, uh, inside the giant ring and they'd pick out the balls to decide who was going to be 14, 13, 12, 11, 10, 9, 10, uh, 9, uh, and so on. And the teams, yeah. and the worst teams, the 1, 2, 3, worst Think teams... old school housey. Basically, yeah. would have more yeah. balls in that uh, in that spin cycle. So you'd have a higher chance of getting picked 1, 2, and 3, or getting that pick if you were the first, second, or third worst team in the league. So that's how the lottery works. That's how you get your spot is basically how bad you are. To simplify it, how bad you are determines where you land up in the draft. It's a way yeah. of uh, controlling parity in the NBA because you don't want the best teams constantly getting the best players. You want the worst teams to have a shot at changing their destiny, changing the next 10 years and becoming a good team. And that's generally how it actually works. Teams build through the draft. Teams get their next superstars through the draft. The Cleveland Cavaliers got LeBron James through the draft. Um, didn't work out the first time around. Did work out the second time around. Uh, Steph Curry uh, with the Warriors and Clay and Dre all from the draft. So that's how the yeah. draft works and that's how that's how consequential those high picks are because they can really change the destiny of your franchise if you pick correctly. Uh, even in yeah. recent history, we're looking at the Atlanta Hawks and the Mavericks with um, with Trey Young and uh, Luka Doncic respectively, kind of changing the trajectory of the next decade just by, ha just by having teams, picked yeah. those two players, right? Right. So, and so, uh, one more, one more uh, thing to add to yours. It's also the scale of the contracts because everything in the NBA is about contracts. So the higher picks have the biggest salary. 
uh, right out the gate and they can sign for their team for uh i i think it's like 8 million dollars for yeah, three years nine, to start with 9.5 for the first pick and then it yeah. goes lower and lower as we go down the for the other picks yeah the trees, yeah and then it hits sort of a, a plateau and then it drops further in the round 2 in round 2 yeah. and uh, also this is important because that means you can have a really good player conceivably probably for the a very low price in the nba that's everything because you don't actually have uh, uh that kind of control over a player unless they're on their rookie contract which is a three year contract immediately and your team can re-sign you to the same amount of money or more in terms there's a rookie scale max as well uh and that goes in for another four years and like it's all tied in together but it, this is set up for the rookie and their team to have the most advantageous relationship so that's why if you're wondering if there's a player that can get picked number one and decide not to sign for their team that's not possible because that player will never get that money from any team it's not possible to do that and uh, also you can't just re-sign the player after 3 years any team cannot just walk in there and pick that player up for say 5 years and give them the max contract that a regular full tenure nba player can get so that's not possible either so these are all checks put in place to keep uh young players with their teams and develop them for a number of years yeah all right so with that out of the way now that we've explained the core of the draft let's jump in uh we're going to go from pick one downwards right let's keep it simple uh yeah. sid the first pick with the first pick in the nba draft the detroit pistons will choose who do you think is there is there a surprising one is there a twist in the tail i don't think so no uh there's three players to pick from really at this point uh the main uh the one that has been the the one name that has been on top of the chart this entire year and has not moved is Kate Cunningham absolutely uh from Oklahoma state uh i think i talked about him once briefly before he's 6-8 with a 7 foot wingspan he plays point guard um he's a ball handler passer uh off the dribble shooter from range from spot up can go to the basket can score there and can defend so he pretty much do everything uh can he do everything well can he do everything amazing probably not like otherwise then he'd be like a lebron level prospect he is not uh is he a zion level prospect no is he a jab morant level prospect I don't think so either. So hmm. he's really, really, really good, but he's not exceptional. Okay, uh, he doesn't have an elite, elite skill, but he's like uh, eight out of ten in everything. So uh, I think the thing that's really holding him back is that he's not a, a crazy athlete. Like he can't jump from like the free throw line and dunk it. He's not super fast. uh he's not like he's not one of these exceptional once in a generation player bodies that you see one like anthony edwards had it last year but he didn't have the skills that cunningham has for instance hmm. so uh this guy is going to be really good but the reason why he's not 
top on everyone's boards is because they think one of the other two guys can be a superstar. When I say they, I mean the people who don't have Kate Cunningham at number one. So mm-hmm. if Detroit is one of those people, they will not choose him at number one. I would be very surprised by that. I mean, just looking at just looking at his size, right? So um, you've you've heard this said before, and it's the first thought that popped into my head as well is he Ben Simmons with a with a jump shot? If he is with that kind of playmaking skill and six eight board, that is an incredible uh, size advantage at point guard. He, that is, he's not Ben Simmons with a jump shot. That's the problem because Ben Simmons is that great athlete. He's six ten. Ben Simmons and he's hmm. strong. Kate Cunningham is not slow. And not weak. But you'll notice I didn't say strong and I didn't say fast. Yeah, I hear what you're saying. I hear what you're saying. And he's a a playmaker, but he's not the playmaker. Hmm. Like, if you have Ben Simmons on your team, he's the playmaker. Kate Cunningham's the other guy. Alright. So, now that we've discussed Kate, I just want to talk about the teams, right? So, the Pistons have the number one pick. Yeah. The rumor mill says that the Rockets are desperate. Desperate to get up to number one to take this pick uh, and choose Kate Cunningham in this spot, right? Uh, Do you think the Pistons, and now this is, of course, just conjecture, we don't know, uh, but do you think the Pistons would trade down from number one to two uh, and uh, pick up the extra assets, pick up some more picks possibly? Not that Houston have anything to trade in real life, just all picks, but they do have a lot of Nets picks to trade. Would you do that move? Uh, if you're the well, GM, you, because I'm I'm hearing that you, you're not fully locked in on Kate. So if you're the GM I of the Pistons, I would do it. And this introduces us beautifully to the next dr- major draft concept. So I just presented a very good case for a very promising player who's not going to fail at the NBA level in Kate Cunningham. But when you're in this in this draft business and you're and you're in the top, you have the top pick. You're supposed to pick the guy that has the biggest upside. Now, this is a word you'll hear a lot. Upside or potential or ceiling or any of these other synonyms is basically which one of these guys is going to turn into a superstar. I mean, first of all, this superstar person doesn't happen to be in every NBA draft. Sometimes it goes two, three drafts before we get a legitimate superstar. Uh, Some drafts have three. Some drafts have two. Okay. So, uh, the, uh, the the Pistons, if they don't think Cade is the guy and they think Mobley, Evan Mobley or Jalen Green is the guy, I think what they really need to know for sure is, uh, A, are they okay with either of those two guys? Like if, if, uh, if, uh, the, if the Rockets go one and they take Mobley anyway. Then will they will the uh, Pistons be okay with Cunningham and or Green, like whichever one they want, because uh, that's what it will be about. They they just need to be okay with whoever they want to pick next. The Rockets, on meanwhile, need to have a player in mind that they need to get at one, so that nobody has that choice. So basically, if Detroit doesn't know which player the Rockets want, they can't really hold that pick over their heads. If you know what I mean. Right, because you can't go to the Rockets and be like, "Give me two picks," because I am gonna take Mobley because I know you want him, right? And the Rockets will be like, "Oh, we don't want him, so don't we won't take, we won't trade it for you," right? So basically, if the Rockets are buying or trading up to get the number one pick for certainty, uh, they better not give up too much, because the Pistons will pretty much take anything if they don't see 
much separating these three top three guys. Yeah, it's an additional asset, I'm sure. I mean, it's the it's a Trey Young maneuver, possibly with one extra pick thrown in. I think I think that's a that's a fair one. That was the Trey Young maneuver. Yeah, there exactly. was only one pick. Yeah. No, I'm saying one extra pick. You're going for the number one pick. It's not going to be just that your existing pick and one pick next year. You will have to. But it's the number two pick. Number one that's pick. what I'm saying. Like, uh, if if I'm the Houston Rockets, I'm not giving up more than one pick. Hmm. Why should I? I? Like, if I'm the Pistons, okay. I've got that number one. I'm giving you the board. That number one pick has has value over and above. But yeah, I mean, yeah. That, so that, that you get another pick. On. We're a rebuilding team. You're gonna get a high pick next year. What That's else do you want? The Pistons' second pick would be amazing. All right. Yeah. Let's jump on from there into the Rockets' pick. Right now, suppose let's keep with every with every pick down. We'll just reset whatever we discussed the previous thing and start over. Right. Yeah, we, I think we'll just we'll cap it off at the lottery at 14. We won't go yes. further than that. Yeah. All right. So, with the Rockets, who do you think they're going to pick? And then I'll, then I'll try and uh, jump at you with some uh, trade possibilities. I would pick Jalen Green. I, I like Jalen Green the most in this draft. Uh, I mean, he... Okay, so he's an elite athlete. Like, he's stupid fast, Okay. Uh, and and he can he can travel with that ball, man. Okay, uh, and uh, he's he's uh, he's going to be the best scorer in this class in all likelihood. Like that's what you sign up for, man. Like you do all this draft business so that you can get a guy who can score twenty a night, like against anybody. That's what, that's the guy you want, you know. So uh, yeah, there's Evan Mobley. Yeah, he's seven foot tall. Yeah, he's a great athlete. He can do everything. Blah blah blah. And yeah, Kate Cunningham is fantastic. Yes, he's a great playmaker. Those two guys aren't scorers. If you do anything in, in the NBA, you do want to have the best scorers. Like, that's just the way it is. So I would pick Jalen Green. Do you um, do you feel better about Jalen Green because of the season he's had in the G League? Like, do you think that that pushes him further for readiness in the NBA than, than a college athlete would? I think that's a very interesting question. I think it's a very good question because this is the first year we're going to see it happen. Yeah. I think it will help certainly. Like, I think college is a joke for these people uh, simply because a lot of them are just doing it because they had to. That was the that was the way into the yeah. NBA previously. Uh, if they're just going to be professional athletes, why do this college farce? Why? So here yeah. you've got them already working in a professional uh, sort of... Uh, a halfway setup where they're still allowed to be kids kind of and they're still allowed to develop away from the spotlight and get ready and uh, if I were to wager I would say the uh, people who come out of the G League over a trend of time let's give it five years will end up being more living up to their potential and more correctly scouted and placed in the NBA than in college. Yeah, because I just want to throw up some of his statistics. He had 18.7 per game uh, in points, uh, shot 46% from the field and 35% from three against professional basketball players. Now, we aren't talking yeah. about NBA-level players. We're not talking about world-level players. Uh, some of them Luka. are NBA-level players. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. Uh, yeah. When we saw this with Luca, he was playing against grown men. Those skills, the, that skills, the IQ, all of it translated. I'm not, of course, I'm not comparing anyone to Luca. His basketball IQ is probably... Uh, top 10 all time. But those skills translated far, far better in his rookie season than it did for a guy like Trey Young who really had to put in a lot more time to get to that level. 
definitely. I think those statistics are uh, give me a lot of hope that yeah, I think this this guy would be a excellent pick to take in any of the top three spots. uh based on your need and everything else but i think he'll just be ready for that that rookie season so for the rockets damn i mean they they've got a squad they've they they're not completely uh bereft of of players of uh veterans also they've got john wall um on the side there to take some of the heat off of this kid uh, i think he'd be a great fit over there i'd but i'd he, love it i mean did you see any any highlights of jalen green at all no i haven't seen too much of his i haven't seen too much of the g league no okay all right but um i think that's a, that's a great fit but based on everything that i'm hearing on the on the rumor mill uh the rockets are going for number 1 in kate cunningham i think that's how it's going to go unless unless the rockets think that uh that the pistons are going for uh, jalen green which i doubt so i think they they have a lock in on kate but i think actually that's i if i were the pistons i would not take kate cunningham uh only because the current good players on their team Killian Hayes, Dombuya, uh, 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 Desmond Bain. No, Desmond Bain is Obi Toppin. No, no, Obi Toppin's with the with the Knicks. Uh, yeah, they're, they're all their rookies basically. All four of them uh, are all like middle of the road athletes. You know, they're all fine at their jobs and skills. but nobody is out there that can just put pressure on the rim or like shoot the lights out or do any of that stuff maybe kate can like his three point percentage is fantastic and he did a lot of off the dribble stuff uh, and you can be a good playmaker but if nobody is fast enough to beat people on the cut or on the slash then who are you playmaking for really like at right. the nba level that only takes you so far so uh based on their athleticism problems i would personally take a superior athlete at one which is what one position one is for like pick one is to pick this sort of complete freak of nature you know where and kate right. cunningham is not a freak of nature he's like a a a a a player that sort of built for uh, maximized for his environment of current basketball but he's not jumping off the page you know uh if you look at kate cunningham's numbers i don't know if you have them over there they're not crazy you know uh and like yeah. that's kate's, not a bad thing his team was bad so yeah yeah kate's got uh, 20 points per game he's got uh, 41% from 3 not bad not bad and a willing defender with 1.4 steals uh so those yeah. are his uh, his key numbers It's not bad. It's over 136 attempted three pointers. He's got 41.2 percent, uh, which is no, no. It's uh, great. Nothing to scoff at. He's a good shooter. He is. He is. Yeah. But he wasn't. Like he became a good shooter now. So you know, it's it's a step. It's a step in the the perf- the perfect direction because everyone was like, uh, had him pretty high out of high school. Like everyone thought he'd be really good, but they were like, oh, I wonder if the if the shot comes along, and it has. So yeah, that's a good thing. All right, let's move on to pick number three, the Cleveland Cavaliers. Uh, who are you going with? I would just take Evan Mobley. There's no, there's no that need to think like about a, too it much. It really seems like a smart move. All right, I just want to run through Evan. Evan Mobley's uh, a big man. He's seven foot tall, two hundred and fifteen pounds. So he is, he is a proper big man. Point sixteen point eight. He's got, I don't know, thirty percent from three might not sound like a lot for a big man. That's a decent number. um off of just 35 three pointers attempted so it's a smaller sample size uh but he's also got 8.6 rebounds which means he spends a lot of time in the paint 
and three blocks per game. So he is oh a very happy blocker. Yeah, he's good. He's a so, he's a good defender. He's a good big man defender. Absolutely. Uh, again, there's no weakness in his game. Yeah. Uh, for his position, he's actually really really good at moving. Like he doesn't look like a big dude who can't get around the court. Okay. He takes pull up mid range shots, and those go in. By the way, hmm. so he's a good shooter actually. Uh, obviously, further out he gets, the less comfortable he is, but. You know, it's one of those things that with time it will improve. Uh, so you you know he could become a thirty seven point percent, thirty eight percent shooter, which will be great because that's like what Joel Embiid shoots basically. Yeah. And um, yeah, he doesn't make mistakes, man. Like the guy is just right place, right time, right play. Can pass, can shoot a little, like we said. Uh, uh, problem with him is he's not very big in the strength department. Uh, so uh, he's gonna find it hard in the NBA for the first couple of years. This is the toughest position, frankly. Like, I think Tim Duncan and Shaq are the only people who are good in their rookie year as, cent- as centers yeah, in the last he, like thirty years, basically. You do have to bulk up a bit. You do have to get that. You do have to get to your adult body to be able to play big man basketball in the NBA. Just and Shaq was yeah. Shaq was a freak of nature. Tim Duncan was also a complete freak of nature in terms of his skill yeah. and his ability. He didn't even play center, though. That's the beauty of it. Yeah. Like, he still had David Robinson doing that. Yeah, Tim so, played, you know, uh, power forward. He played the four. Yeah. But so just an amazing scorer, really tough. an amazing defender. And Tim Duncan was one of those people who had, had basketball IQ the day he was born, essentially. Like, he just I feel like, born yeah. with that shit. So, just off the window, off the window, off the glass. Yeah. It they were, they were in. true freaks of nature. But I think he will have to get to an adult body now. Tell me this, and it does it does feel like that when I was reading a couple of analysis of uh, of Evan Mobley, he seems like the kind of guy who is, and I'll explain this concept to to the listeners as well, the highest floor of anyone, right? It's the it's the can't miss prospect. And when I say highest yeah. floor, uh, the it's way, him and Kate Cunningham. They're at that same level. Yeah, yeah I, I I do believe that because I think so. When we say highest floor, what we basically mean is what is the what is the worst case scenario for this player, right? Yeah. What does he become if none of the development happens? None of enough. If the stuff doesn't go right, what's his base? Right? What's the base that he's building off of? As a seven footer who can defend well, has good defensive instincts, and can shoot, his worst case scenario is a starting job in a whole bunch of teams. Right? Yeah. He a twelve year career where he earns yeah. over a hundred million dollars uh, is pretty much guaranteed if he doesn't get injured and doesn't like yeah and screw up his the- career in four other ways. Yeah, and and he's at the seven foot. So if he was seven foot two, I'd be like, oh, he's screwed because he's hundred percent going to get injured fifty times over the course of his career. But he's seven <laughs> feet, which is the, I would have been happier with six eleven. Six eleven is the perfect height. That's so where there's height. just it's yeah. the Giannis height exactly. Yanis and Katie height. Yeah. It's the perfect height. Seven foot is a little scary, but I'm okay with that. But I think I think he's the kind of guy who you can you can pick. Evan Mobley blindfolded and not regret that decision for a solid eight years. You might not get a superstar out of it. Yeah, that's that's fair that you might not get a superstar out of it. He may be Rudy Gobert with a slightly better offensive uh, game. Uh, that's already a star, by that's the exa- way. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's I mean, the, Rudy that's Gobert nice is a lower tier star. This would make him a regular uh, eight-time all-star, basically. Absolutely, absolutely. I, I yeah. think that's the base of him. I think that's the base of it. Because that's fantastic. If, if you're getting that, that that's kind of fantastic. Yeah. yeah. So I think, I think uh, that's a... I think uh, that I, I no 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 yeah, your point is perfect. I didn't want to cut you off there. Uh, 
Uh, I just wanted to add one last concept to this, and that is drafting for potential and drafting for fit. So what they mean by these two things is uh, you have a team with certain players who are really good at certain positions. Why would you then get a young player who would need minutes, who would need time, who would need like uh, chances to fail at that position when one of your best players currently plays at that position? Um, but if you're at the top of the draft and a player like Evan Mobley comes along and you have Christian Wood as your center at Houston, uh, you draft Evan Mobley and trade Christian Wood <laughs> is what happens. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, that's fair. And yeah. he's in a, he, uh, is uh, Christian Wood just signed the contract. So he's got three years left. He just so he's did. A pretty, he's uh, got pretty high asset uh, value. Also, right. his uh, selling price cannot be higher than this year. Like, it's yeah. probably the highest value that you can get for him. Uh, you won't get a star back from him. But you know what? You can get two great, young, co- cost-controlled role players who also can fit your timeline. So your timeline now, this is another franchise term where you kind of want to keep your best players around the same age range, two years within each other, up or down, right? So uh, a 25-year-old on a team with 19-year-olds is not so great because by the time your 25-year-old star is like 31, the other players will reach maturity and then be able to play. But by then, it might be too late for your star. Vice versa, if your star is too young and your players are too old, they won't be able to get the best out of him either. So you want everyone to be close to the same age right now. And... um, yeah, so that's what you would do. You you wouldn't you wouldn't draft for fit at a high point in the draft because that means you'll do something dumb like not select a superstar because you're like, oh, we have a guy who's kind of good at that right now. You know, like yeah. Christian Wood is not going to win anything for you. For example, drafting for fit was an example last year when the Warriors picked James Wiseman. Uh, there was a gap in that squad, but it was a win now squad. They were trying to fill that gap through the draft. Uh, rather than uh, draft possibly the best the best available player, yeah. From that, uh, uh, and that, and that's what we discussed as well, right? We, I was like, I would pick Lomelo, but like, I can see why I would pick Wiseman. Yeah, you know? I I can understand why the Warriors because if the Warriors were didn't have Stephen Clay and Draymond, they would have I think they would have for sure gone for Lomelo Ball. But yeah. they needed a win now team. They needed to win that particular season. They didn't, of course, but they need to win that particular season and to compete that season as opposed to the Pistons and the Rockets and the Cavs who have a long, long runway. Right? All right. Now, let's jump ahead. Now this team is is super interesting. So I I, I want I wanted I, this is the uh, the team I really wanted your opinion on, aside from the seventh pick, which I have opinions on. Uh the Toronto Raptors are picking fourth, Sid. What do you think they're gonna do? I would just pick Jalen Suggs. He's actually my favorite player in this draft in some ways. Because he's he's the first pick in, in terms of just character and mm-hmm. like pedigree and all that stuff. Uh, he's just, he's he hit a, a freaking uh, game winner in a Final Four tournament. Uh, he's He used to be a football player. Yeah, and he he won. I love the, the two sport guys. I love the two sport guys. Oh, it's not just right? a two sport guy. He was the best guy in both. Yeah, in his state, uh, which is like intense, you know, uh, uh, aggressive, serious Jimmy Butler esque winning mentality. Um, yeah, he's he's uh, he's got all that stuff. Now, basketball side of things. He's not as talented as the top three guys, but that doesn't mean he won't be that good later. He could be the guy that 
makes the jump and they don't. So he could be the best player conceivably from this class in like five years. It's it's possible, you know. Uh, he's a, a very smart player. He's got great basketball IQ. Uh, he can pass a bit. Not amazing like as a playmaker, but it's good, you know. Uh, great athlete, again. A wonderful defender. Uh, can get to the rim. Needs to finish a bit better. But yeah, I, I mean, whatever I've seen, this is the guy. This is the guy you write yeah. stories about. Right, so just to just give everyone a mental image of him, he's 6'4". He's a, would you say he's a pure point guard? Or he's more of a combo guard. Uh, I would say that's the problem, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. that's that's kind of the thing. That Does he fall too, too in the middle of those things? Because his three-point percentage is 35 uh, off of 79 attempted. So he's not really like a lights-out perimeter shooter. He's not a he's not a crazy play. He's got playmaking skill and great IQ, but he's not really an incredible passer of the ball. His assist yeah, because look at kind those of, turnovers. Yeah, his assist numbers are uh, also low. Four, four assists, four and a half assists a game. So And the turnovers? Uh, the turnovers, I don't have them right now. Do you have them? No, but I feel like it's... Almost three oh, turnovers. You know what? I'm going to get yeah. the turnovers. I got yeah. That. So, why is this important? Because you don't just measure uh, the the passer by his assists. That's easy. You need to check how many turnovers he got to get those assists. And the turnovers have to be less than double, basically. Yeah. Jalen Suggs has four and a half assists per game and three turnovers per game. There you so go. So, that illustrates that's the point. That's perfectly illustrates the elite. point you're making. Yeah. 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 So, that, but that's, my, that's my only fear. That's my only defense. kind of... Defense. Amazing defense. Yeah, no, that's where the that's where the high IQ comes in. That's fantastic. Um, yeah. Just the just this idea of maybe he's kind of stuck in the middle of being I don't know a great two guard or a great one because he doesn't quite have the the how should I put this the elite skills required either. I yeah. I, I think he'll be a he'll be a good uh, guard defender for anyone six four. So he's going to have good size on most guards in the league. But yeah. I think that, that and he's strong, tough, fast. He's got all that stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just, I think that's my, that's my, that's my criticism. That neither, it doesn't seem to fall into the elite skill set of either of those, either the one guard or the two. That's yeah. my fear with with Jalen Suggs. But here's the thing, his thing is is the mental stuff. It's all game management, um, running the plays on the court, big moments. Now, why does that matter? Because I think his career path will path will be like. He's going to scheme away into getting better at all this stuff. Yeah. And he's going to be a pure one. He's not going to be a scorer. He's going to be a, a facilitator, a, a game manager, a, 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 you know, a, a flash. You know, you'll see him run these crazy players, uh, plays at the end of games that just sort things out. He's going to be that guy, you know. Yeah. So he won't, he will be in the Chris Paul mode of point guard rather than... Uh, Damien Lillard mode of point guard, you know, right. which is a little bit of a throwback, but let's see, because he doesn't have the passing talent of Chris Paul, but that's okay. You don't have to be that good also. Yeah, and you know, we talk about feel for the game, just give an example from the from the previous draft. Everyone said LaMelo Ball had an amazing feel for the game. That was really the, the main thing of his, that he could facilitate, could see the game, uh, had great vision, um, and we we saw how that turned out. Yeah, fantastically so, well. Yeah, uh, you know what you want to look for in the top five guys. What is their elite thing? Yeah. Uh, Kate Cunningham is no weaknesses. Is elite. 
you have uh, Jalen uh, Green, insane speed, can score, great touch. Evan Mobley, uh, good defense, ex- elite length and et- elite athleticism for that size. And Jalen Suggs, elite mentality, you know. So you got those four. That's why they're separate from the next players we're going to discuss. All right. Uh, at number five, it's the Orlando Magic. Who you got, said? I really don't know. This is the toughest pick for me because I really don't know what they're going to do. What do you have? Okay. So I think the Orlando is going to try and trade. Um, they're going to try and trade this pick either uh, to number four to get Suggs. But I, I do think that... Uh, I'm not sure. I don't think Scotty Barnes makes sense for them, does it? I don't, I don't know if they need a defensive forward. Like, I just... Would you Scotty rather... Barnes is a point guard, by the way. Scotty Barnes has played point guard, but he is a forward. He's 6'7", he's a forward. But he has played point guard I mean, in... Kate Cunningham is 6'8", and he's a point guard. But he's a true, true point guard. Uh, Scotty Barnes is yeah, a point Scotty forward. Yeah, Scotty Barnes... Played forward, uh, played point guard the whole time. Like his team was huge, so he played point guard. Fair, fair. I mean, we can, it's a it's a more yeah. point forward kind of a thing because he guards, I think, fours and three. He guards anybody. That's yeah. the other thing with him. He can guard any player. Like he's got a seven foot three wingspan. That's not even That's fair. Insane. That's it's just insane. Yeah, it's it's hard to picture. It's he really can fly basically if he flaps yeah. his arms. Yeah. But what do you think? Uh, for, for Orlando, do you think Scotty Barnes is a good oh. bet? I think you might as well get the guy know. with this. Uh, you might as well get a guy like him who can do many things. But I don't know if he does any of them. I, he's a he's a damn good defender. But th- uh, he's only got Just 11 points. defenders at five. Yeah, that's true. Uh, on th- from three point, he's below 30%, which again, I mean, that's why... Well, he can't shoot of, at all. Like, yeah. Four assists a game, uh, 2.3 turnovers, free throws at 60%. Like, this is this is a project. It's not... This is not uh, a player who's going to come in and work stuff out for you. And for the Magic, that is, that is trouble. That is big fucking trouble. Because they already have lost out on too many of these projects. Yeah. So, I don't but think this makes... I think everybody at this range now is a project, so... Yeah, I, I genuinely think what um, what Orlando is going to try and do is trade up, try and push up into that top four because I think this is where the drop off kind of happens. Uh, at least for me, I don't know what you think. I don't know if you're a you're, if you're happens, fans. You know, yeah. yeah, but these these top four picks are where where the real where some of these stars are, and I think Orlando in our desperation possibly are going to try and move up in that fourth spot. I don't know who's going to give up uh, a pick. I think it could be the Raptors who might think, okay, we need to build. The only, the only, uh, the only team that I can see dropping out of that top four are the Raptors, who might say, "Let's try and win now around Siakam." Maybe a bad idea, but you've got Siakam, and if you start um, on the path of drafting and tanking, you will have to get rid of Siakam at some point. So that's kind of the the only avenue that they see. If they kind of talk themselves into playing now and winning now with Siakam. I think that's Siakam's the only... injured till December. Yeah, yeah, that's true as well. But I mean, that, so the year's they would gone. Have to I mean, him away. You're not keeping Kyle Lowry. Definitely so that leaves not. you with Fred Van Vliet, who's six feet tall. You have to basically commit to the tank, and if they do, they're not going to give up their pick, right? If they, yeah, if they so don't give it up. The tank, I wouldn't do it. Yeah. No, I mean I, that's why I said if they talk themselves into winning now with Pascal Siakam, they might just want to get a win now asset rather than try and build with a uh, number four pick. 
Uh, but that's the only team that I see dropping out of this. I think Orlando going to try and throw something uh, at teams, but I think at number five, then uh, it's this tough is a, it's this tough is where we reach another concept in the in the draft uh, uh, world, and that's the tiers. So there's tier one, which is the best tier, tier two, and then so forth, so on and so forth. Tier one is the guys who you think are the best guys. And uh, picks one through four are in that tier one range, broadly speaking, across everyone's boards. Some people have Scotty Barnes in tier one. I'm just telling you that right now. Hmm. So um, he could be that once in a while defensive guy, that Draymond level, uh, you know, uh, a Kawhi level kind of guy in terms of defense that we've never seen before. You know, he could be that guy. So if you're drafting that guy at five... Shit, yeah, he's a elite guy, you know. He's going to win two defensive players of the player of the year awards in his lifetime. Sure. Yeah, fifth pick. I'll take that guy, you know. Um will he do that? Hmm. I don't know. I don't know. It looks good on paper, but everything does, you know, until they actually start to play. It all looks good. So always big guys are the longest projects, you yeah. know. Speaking of which, the alternative for the Magic is Jonathan Kuminga, is what a lot of people have Ooh. mocked here. He's uh, he's dropping fast though, Sid. Like every yeah, every time you refresh a mock draft, anyone's KOCs, whoever's Kuminga keeps dropping uh, a position every single time. I I'm not even fucking around about this. It has been happening yeah. since last week, where Kuminga is just dropping every single day, lower and lower. Uh, even the Athletics Draft Guide. Calls out serious like, problems. He was top three. Yeah, at three one point he was ago. top three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 But he, he's dropped significantly. I think it, it's gone from a five-person draft to a four-person draft because uh, Kaminga's dropped out of it. So now, That's, turning your question back on to you, did his stock drop because he was playing in the G League? You know that that is possibly that is possibly true. That is possibly true, but. And then if we're following our assumption, because I'm also assuming, sorry to cut you off, but I'm assuming that you also believe the G League is superior to to college basketball in America. Absolutely. I I would say the the top top teams in the Euro League are superior to college basketball in America. So therefore, would it be good to say then that he's had one one year at a tougher level already? And if he makes the step up this year, it would have been more meaningful and he will definitely become better then. No, than absolutely. what his his year said. Absolutely. So when I when I was talking about the G League earlier as well, the, the point that I made was that the team has a much clearer understanding of the player and who they are. So yes, Jonathan Kaminga's weaknesses have been more exposed, and as such, he's dropping in the uh, in the lottery, right? Which is fine. Yeah. If you if you accept what he's got going on, that's fantastic. He's still very raw, by the way. Even the G League. I mean, I just want to go through his stats. Uh, very quickly on what he's done in the G League. Uh, out of the 13 games that he played, he had 15 points per game, 7 rebounds, uh, 2.7 assists, uh, and 1 steal per game. Uh, shooting was 38.7 from the field, and uh, forget the 3-point uh, numbers. The free throws were also bad at 62. So he's still very, very raw. So at a G League level, if you if you want to accept that he didn't... He was playing G League nights, set the league on fire. He didn't nice. do that. Yeah. But if you're, what what you have here is an understanding of who this player is, which is why I think he's going to go lower. I think he's going to go like eight, nine, which is a fair bet because you know exactly what you're getting. You're getting a player who's 
going to come off the bench for a good team and probably start for a bad one, right? And he's going to play yeah. a decent role. He's going to be a role player. He's not going to be a star or definitely not a st- uh, superstar, but not even a star, I think. But you're super clear about who you're picking and that's why I like picking from the G League. Like, I think uh, the the opposite of it happened earlier with uh, with uh, Suggs. That, uh, sorry, Green. That he's, you're very clear about the kind of talent that's coming out because he's playing against professional basketball players and kicking ass. Yeah. Yeah. The opposite is true is of Kaminga because you're seeing his weaknesses exposed, but at least you know exactly what you're getting. You're picking him in the right spot. Um, it also helps that he probably won't be a top three bust uh, because of his uh, rookie season performances. So I think it's, it's better for both sides if he goes eighth or ninth. The expectations mismatches uh, doesn't arrive. And I think he can have a slightly less stressful rookie career. Uh, let's talk about James Wiseman after this show is done. Yeah, well, listen, uh, I agreed with everything you said. But I just want to play devil's advocate for this, only this reason. Because logic has never served anyone well in a draft. Okay. And, and <laughs> I'll, I'll just... I'll, That's really true. I, 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 I will pick, pick apart your argument point by point by giving you the opposite scenario. Okay. When you say stuff like the prospect is raw, this player is raw. What does that mean? Again, again, this is draft talk here. Okay. Yeah. So what is a raw player? When we say raw, it's that this guy is figuring out what he's trying to do. Okay, he he doesn't know what his best role is in the team, uh, and what, by that we, he doesn't know if he's good at um, scoring off the bounce, like with people assisting him. So does he cut? Does he slash? Or does he handle the ball? Uh, how does he defend? Who does he defend against? Like, what is his best role? What is he good at? He doesn't know yet. Now, uh, we do know. That Kuminga's 6'8 with a 7-foot wingspan and is elite in athleticism. So he has the elite skill that we talked about before. So he should be in that 5-person range again because he is elite length and elite strength and an elite frame. Like he's literally Kawhi Leonard's size again, you know. Um, And that's what we saw Patrick Williams last year. Everyone thought that he was not a great shooter or whatever. And then look at that. He is. Now, where great is the wrong word, but he's a, he's a passable NBA shooter. So, uh, what if in two years, this guy figures out, I'm just a run and dunk kind of guy, or I power to the rim and just smash it in, and then suddenly I'm going to get like 20 points a game after three years of figuring this out. And then I realize that everybody bounces off me, so I'm going to get 10 rebounds a game also if I can on certain days. And uh, I'll take it coast to coast because if I can get the rebound and run down the floor with my speed, what are they going to do? Stop me? That's not going to happen. They can't even hard foul me, right? And uh, finally, what you'll have is a player who was uh, putting it together when we saw him. So he was obviously underrated. But then in two years after he put it together, we all look back and say, why did he go eighth? That's what yeah. could happen. Yeah. Like Paul George, Gordon Hayward. Gordon Hayward is a terrible three-point shooter. Yeah. Uh, he went ninth. Paul George went tenth in the same draft or something like that. You know. So like, this is this is the problem with picking a raw talent. It I mean, will fail spectacularly or succeed spectacularly. Look, you want to go epitome of raw talent? Uh, a gentleman from Greece by the name of Yanis Antetokounmpo was picked fourteenth in the uh, 2013 draft 
grew, well behind. He grew three inches, man. Yeah. Or four inches, yeah. Well behind players like Victor Oladipo. Um, I think Anthony Bennett was his first name. Anthony, can't even remember his first name. He was number one pick in the draft. I cannot Anthony remember Bennett, the yeah. man's first name. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, and Giannis went 14. So that's that's the thing. And the Bucks, uh, the Mavs wanted him that season. Uh, the Bucks actually went ahead and picked him. That's that's the epitome of raw talent because you're picking a guy based on what he could be capable of, just on the on the on the bare essentials of what you're seeing. So now, okay, here's what I want to come to with Kaminga, right? All right. So we can't come to a consensus on who to pick at five. I think I think the Ma- Magic are going to try and trade off this pick. Uh, I don't think they can take another... I would pick uh, Barnes, actually, if I were the Magic. Just all right, all right. screw it. He I, looks I, cool. I, yeah. I think they need to trade away because the Magic have had too many journeys of this picking a player and it going badly. I think they need to pick into something else. Yeah, I, uh, as soon as he, they pick somebody, we're like, well, that guy is screwed. <laughs> yeah, that's what's <also> true. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. They're going to get Kate Cunningham and be like, he'd be shit. Like, immediately. Yeah, now he's going to suck. Yeah. All right. Now, what I wanted to come to with Kaminga. At number six is the OKC. Right, uh, is the Oklahoma City Thunder. Now, yeah, they'll just pick him. Screw I think it. they're going to pick Kaminga. I think it's a, it's a great pick for them. They have a very, very long road with many, many draft picks. That This is the kind of team with an appetite for a player like Kaminga, where they yeah. can train and him. And a tolerance. And a tolerance. And a, and a massive tolerance. So they're going to have this like revolving door of veterans, veterans on bad contracts coming through that team as well. So there's good training. They'll, they'll bring in some wing who's overpaid to kind of uh, nurture and tutor Kaminga as well. They've got, they can suck for three years and they do not care. I think that's the exactly most expensive the right... tuition teacher, basically. Yeah, basically. <laughs> His name is Kemba Walker. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Get those steel toe boots on and kick him when he's down. Huh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so what do you think? Number six uh, for Kaminga uh, uh, to the okay, to, uh, to the Thunder? I, I'm fine with it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I, yeah. I think we have. We've I can also see them picking Kaminga other people up by now, so I think we can move on to the most interesting pick of the draft. In my in my humble opinion, the only, I think the one that's going to have the most drama happening. Number seven, the Golden State yeah. Warriors. All right. Now oh, I just want to. I just want to. I just want to set some context for the audience. Um, as just this morning, I think it was this morning when I sent you the post. This morning. Yesterday, actually. Yeah. yeah. Yesterday. Bradley Beal, there are rumors now that Bradley Beal will be demanding a trade before the draft. There are already offers for Russell Westbrook on the table if the rumor mill is supposed to be believed, uh, is to be believed, right? So the Wizards are tank ready. Like it's ready to go. They can blow this up in like three hours if they want to, right? If Beal demands the trade, the package, the likely package is 7 14, which is which is the second Warriors pick at number 40. The 2022 first rounder, they could, if they feel like it and just don't give any fucks anymore, the 2025 first round pick as well. That's the next available one that they can trade. But I don't think you need four. You've got three picks. You've got one year left. Why will they give four? They, 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 it's a 100% resign, so it's fine. It, nobody cares. Drew Holiday got four picks. Who gives a fuck anymore? Picks are useless. No, but right. Drew Holiday had three years left on his deal, right? That's true. But if he commits to resigning, it doesn't matter. Oh, no, he didn't. He didn't He didn't commit to resigning. You're right. Yeah. He, didn't have, he didn't have three years left. He had only one year left. Yeah. Yeah. So, you've got the three picks. You've got James Wiseman. And you've got Andrew Wiggins. Would you do that trade, Sadat Mehta, if you were... Uh, the Washington uh, Wizards. I would, uh, I, if I were the Wizards, I would do it definitely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, but then I'd have second? to give up somebody else with uh, 
deal to make the money work, huh? Because yeah, I think there might Weisman's be. Wiseman's on eight million, and uh, yeah, there might Wiggins be a, and yeah, go ahead. There might be a salary filler to come from the Wizards side. I haven't really looked into that, and we'll have to figure Hopefully out who a that big is. Man. Yeah. yeah, I okay. Whoever comes in, let's be real. Whoever comes in is not going to add to the squad. They're going to like get rid of him immediately. That's just or they're going to need the guy because they can't get anybody. <laughs> this is so a no better... big man squad, an entire yeah, squad because, with no look, one above six eleven. Yeah, because look, like Wiggins is a negative value contract, but he's an actual live body who does stuff. So yeah. the Warriors will be like, look, he's not a number on a paper. Okay, he's going to be good also. So can you give us something? Like, don't yeah. give us like. Some guy off your bench, give us like an actual rotation player of yours. Then we'll do the trade. Yeah, the, so the it, is, I, I feel like it matters that second guy that we're gonna get. The problem with that trade, the problem with the Warriors' salary, it has to be such a specific contract to fit. Like I just don't know how many of those players are on the wizard. I have to, I, I'll fire up the trade machine up post draft uh, once it once it maybe gets closer to happening. But I, it's such a specific contract requirement that they have. Like it. Oh, then they'll have to give two guys because yeah. that's the problem. Like Wiggins is making exactly the same money as Beal, if I'm not mistaken, right? Yeah, and they're not going to do the trade without Wiseman in it, and it doesn't right. work. But Wiseman's Wiggins on it, so. eight million or something yeah. like that, right? Yeah. So then, what what are you going to not give them one player, and then like what five million is just hanging around? That's not going to work. Like yeah. You no, have no, to I, give I, two players then. I'm sure there'll be some salary filler coming in. There's also talk of the of the Magic getting involved. There's another there's another great trade where the Magic get Wiseman and the Wizards get the number five pick, which is a trade that I read. Um which also which also works actually. And it also um, I'm into it, yeah. Yeah, it gives the Magic um uh, a player that they I think they'll be quite happy with. Rather than picking, I would, actually trying to pick at number five. I would say it's a great trade for the Wizards. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think I think I genuinely believe that's what's going to happen. Uh, if they don't trade, do you have someone in mind? I mean, the lot a lot of the the, the mock drafts have James Booknight there. Uh, what do you think, Davion Mitchell? Anyone there? I love really I love about? Davion Mitchell. Yeah. Love love Davion Mitchell. But like, he's not a position a player in the position they need right now, and they need yeah. wings. Like they need people who can score. Uh, I would take book nine anyway at seven, whoever I was, even if I'm not the Warriors. Uh, he's just got something. Uh, again, uh, I, I'll just put it in a term that we can understand and not like vague definitions. Uh, so his whole thing is he can score at multiple levels. Uh, he's 6'5". He can, uh, he's got uh, your above average NBA athleticism, as we all expect. But here's the thing. He has a killer move, and that's his hesitation right or left dribble. He can go both ways, by the way. So the, the hesitation dribble that he uses is extremely effective. Okay, So I think he can freeze even NBA defenders with his, with his hesitation dribble now. The only reason he doesn't go higher at this point is because he can't do much else than score. And he can't hmm. shoot that well. Yeah, you know? yeah. I was just gonna bring that up. I I'm concerned about the fit with the Warriors. He's only scoring thirty percent from three. Uh, off yeah, of, but uh, he's he's he plays for a very bad team, who none of them can shoot or score or create even. So they make him create. They they give him the ball when they're like, oh, we can't do anything. Chuck up a shot. So obviously now his three point percentage will go down. He shot my my concerning stat is he shot very poorly on catch and shoot threes. Like he scored hmm. some 
absurd 20% of get this 15 because he's never open and they never he never doesn't have the ball on that team so they so no one ever leaves him open to get a catch and shoot three so that's what i'm saying like we have to remember these guys are playing for totally different teams at their college level they could be given totally different uh, assignments here so i would take that guy i think you would like him as a player i think you would like to watch him he's 65 67 or 68 wingspan uh, yeah does everything else right so you know, and, and the fundamentals are there. And the fundamentals are there. Yeah. He's shooting 81% from the free throw line. So yeah, that's yeah, always yeah. a very good marker that you're probably going to become a shooter at some point in life. It may not happen immediately. Like you said, it's a bad situation right now. Around the Warriors, yeah. I can't imagine that he has as few open jump shots. Because if you can't find an open jump shot on the Warriors, man, what is you're not for looking. You to do you're not life. looking. Yeah. I, you and me could get open jump shots on the Warriors. Yeah. And you know, the other thing is, uh, nobody else on that team gets to the free throw line because no one on that team gets to the basket. Yeah. So he's a guy who'll get to the basket. That's his only thing. So good. Make him the ninth guy. All right. So with the number seven pick, I think and there's agreement between us with the number seven pick, the Warriors are going to select Bradley Beal. But if they do not, uh, James Bucknight, right? Let's move I'm on. I'm happy with that. Yeah, I I'm think happy it's, with that, it's yeah. fair. With the free throw shooting percentage, it gives me hope that I think this kid's going to uh, do something. He's good backup point. He needs to get ten sense. points a game, dude. He knows how to do it. I yeah, think it'll yeah. be fine. Yeah. Like they have another guy, Jordan Poole, who does exactly this job, and he was awesome. So it's cool. Yeah. All right. Number eight, the Orlando Magic with their second pick of the night. Um, again, I don't think it's a pick that's going to stay with the Magic. But if it does, sit, what do you think is going to happen? Yeah, this is where it gets tough. Yeah. Uh, so, it kind of depends on who they picked first, right? Like, if they go Kuminga, then I would pick a more sure guy at 8. The good thing now is, this draft becomes, like, the guys from 7 to 14, whoever you get, you're pretty happy with. Because if you were 14, you would get a guy as good as a guy at 8. I think Booknight is, might be a little better than these other guys. But like the rest of them, because scoring, remember, I keep saying that right. scoring, if you're better than everybody in a, in a row at scoring, you get to be ahead and they all get to be behind. Okay. So, and when I say scoring, I don't mean just like, oh, you can shoot a bunch of threes. No, you create your own shot. Shot creation is key here. So I told you book night, hesitation dribble, it'll be great. Uh, over here from eight to 14, you can literally, what do you want? Becomes the question. You know, uh, do you want a, a guard play a guard who can defend at a high level and is a winner and is a, a you know a, a just an elite athlete? You get Davion Mitchell. You if you want um, a big guard, point forward, big big brain, uh, great passer, the best uh, passer in this class. Basically, you get Josh Kiddy. Uh, you want a sturdy 3 and D type who doesn't fail uh, because you have already sh- shot your shot with the upside project in Kuminga, you can get Moses Moody. Uh, uh, you know, it, the list goes on. But if you had me pick, I think they'd stay away from guard play. Uh, they'd either pick a big man or they'd pick uh, Moody at, as a 3 and D wing. So what do you think about Wagner? He's got 38% from three of 86 attempts. So he's clearly been shooting the ball from there. He's 6'9". So he's, he's good too, yeah. He's a big guy. He's got threes. I think, again, for he's the smart. Magic... He's a smart player. Yeah. 
for the magic this might be a and I, I just looking at the just the players in and around and in, in the mocks as well davion mitchell yeah. for example um the problem with davion mitchell is is a good three point shooter 44% off of 141 attempts so this guy really does shoot it from three uh, the problem is he's well, look at his free throw percentage. Yeah, the free throw percentage is terrible, sixty four percent. He's also six feet tall and twenty two. Yeah. So yeah, at twenty two, he's already three years older than most of the draft, and this this plays a this plays a huge factor because you're seeing a player, you're seeing a junior, right? A junior in college as opposed to a freshman in college. So this guy's played college basketball for three years now. So you you kind of have um, not more than a complete picture, but you have kind of a complete product that you're seeing. And if this is if this is kind of the peak of the potential, then ah, so it's it it he might he might turn into a great great role player. He might turn into a great fourth or fifth guy. But with for the magic at eight, not the correct pick at all. I I would actually go with Wagner. I think he's got he um he's he's the he's the archetype of a player that would do very well in that magic setup. By the way, they're all long, they're all big. I think he would fit right in, and he's got a three point shot that he can possibly improve upon. Yeah, that's a good pick. Yeah. Um, yeah. I I wouldn't mind that if I was the Magic. Maybe I would go Moody. I don't know. I think he's more that archetype. Again, mm. freakish wingspan. Yeah, it's the freakish wingspan. That's good, all I'm looking for. I'm just good looking for defender. Big guys to yeah. throw. Yeah. At the Magic. All right, let's move on. We have to uh, get through these last few kind of quickly because we're so over time. Uh, but yeah. we will try and provide some analysis here. Uh, the Sacramento Kings are picking at number nine. Uh, which career will they ruin next, Siddharth Mehta? <laughs> Ooh. Why do I feel like I'm signing a death warrant? <laughs> you are. You absolutely are. Okay, so if we if you've taken Wagner, then I would take Moody here. Because he's really good. And it's hard to fail with him. Like, they they might not be able to find a way to fail with him. So, let's hope... That uh, the unstoppable force gets past the immovable object at this time. Yeah. Yeah, Moody. Moody's a great pick. I think six foot four. Uh, he's again nineteen only. Just to just talk about the age. Um, yeah. Thirty seven. Ten wingspan. Six eleven. Some disgusting wingspan. Which yeah, yeah. Like, always like a vulture. Always fantastic. Uh, thirty thirty eight percent from three. Essentially, off of a hundred thirty five three pointers attempted. So again, he is a constant shooter, a volume shooter. And that's a good percentage for a volume shooter. What what really yeah. um, what really gives me hope is the f- uh, free throw percentage, eighty one point seven of over one hundred and sixty four free throws attempted. So he gets to the line and he's got a really good uh, free throw percentage, six rebounds also, just a bonus round. Just and a he's a good defender. Round. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like I think Halliburton, that's a, that's a really nice Fox, pick. all these guys will just find this dude in the corner. Should yeah. be nice, right? Like, for a team that good has some assets, I think that that's a really good pick. 6'5 guy, yeah. can shoot, 81% is only going to get better if your free throw percentage is that good. Uh, and he'll defend, which Sacramento yeah, yeah. needs. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, conversely, if, if Wagner is not selected and Moody is, then they can pick Wagner, Sacramento. Yeah, I, I think I think Wagner is, a, is the really nice pick after that 7th spot. I think even at the 7th spot, uh, it's just that the Wizards are picking it. So uh, it's just that the Warriors are picking it. So I don't see Wagner going there. Um, yeah, he's yeah. not got a high ceiling. Yeah, so, yeah. so I don't think they're picking him. But I think whoever else is there around that seven, eight, nine spot, I think Wagner might be the top of that that little tier, that little mini tier. Depends on who it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It does depend on fit, though. At that point. All right, let's move on to number ten. The New Orleans Pelicans are picking Sid. Who do you got? Ooh, 
this is where it gets really tough because this now depends on so many factors like what their next plan is what they hope yeah, to do yeah i don't know i don't know <laughs> what know? they have in mind i think they're going to resign lonzo i think if uh, they they could resign lonzo they could get rid of this pick from the ass like it just there's a there's a lot there's a lot that could happen with this team yeah and there's still so many guys here man like uh you could have Davion Mitchell be a backup point guard for you and a awesome on-ball defender with Lonzo for you that would be a sick backcourt of defense i mean think about that yeah um you could have uh let's see you could have Josh Giddy here extra playmaking if you want it uh interesting player interesting project uh you could have uh who else could you put here again yeah. if moody wagner are still around one of them great or dark horse uh this is probably the highest i think he could go cory kispert from gonzaga yeah have yeah. you seen this guy yeah cory kispert uh, uh 44% from 3 off of 162 three pointers so he's really good from 3 this is But he can shoot from like 35 feet that's the yeah. other thing yeah yeah he is really really good uh from the three point line so i think mean, also he's big he's really big he's 6'7 yeah, 6'6 yeah 6'6 uh, six, six. Uh, six, 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 with shoes on yeah, uh, yeah he's again a senior so he's 22 uh that often plays in a team whenever whenever they're trying to pick in the 10 but i think the pelicans are also placed in a in a spot where they can bring in a role player and it's fine because they have ingram they have um uh Lonzo as well at point if they do re-sign him uh so they 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 So name the three point shooter in this squad right now Exactly exactly So then why are you picking anything else like that would be the question I right? I think Cory like, Kispert yeah. makes sense for them it really does make sense for them That's it, the dark horse pick I mean yeah I don't know. I don't know I think it it makes a it makes a lot of sense for them to just pick up a role player again pick for fit you're at number 10 you've got a squad that's on the on the Casper uh, but you've got Zion So you've got yeah, your super sure. high ceiling. You've got you've traded for Ingram. You've got Ingram in. Um mm. so you're fine on that front as well. If you re-sign Lonzo, that's a reasonable good that's a reasonably good trio for the next 4 or 5 years to have. Um yeah. and bring in Corey Kispert who can fucking shoot the hell out of the three. Yeah. I and good in transition, which is bet. perfect for this team which is basically a yeah. transition team. Yeah. All right. Now, we move on with the 11th pick to another very interesting team. Uh, a team that we criticized constantly at the start of the season, but we had to eat our words over and over again. The Charlotte Hornets are picking 11, Sid. Uh, the Hornets, of course, have Lamelo Ball from uh, the third pick last year, who ended up Rookie of the Year. Uh, what do you think, Sid? Number 11 got the Hornets. Who are you going to pick? Well, I would have really liked Wagner here. Yeah, like I, I think he would have been yeah. damn good here, uh, but. Here's a name we haven't featured who I really like and this fits both our archetypes. I'd pick Alperin Sengun from the Turkish league over here. Have you seen this guy? No, I haven't. I'm just going to okay. I'm trying to get so, to him in my So uh, this guy is 18, 6-10, center, plays uh is played only like 2 years in the Turkish league is the reigning Turkish league MVP. So the Turkish league is like right there with the with the it's better than every European league bar the Spanish league basically right. according to most people's ratings. So it would be like Australian league, Spanish league, Turkish league after the NBA basically. 
So this dude is 18. He's already the MVP of this league. Uh, I don't know, man. They need a big man. They need someone smart, intelligent, has all the moves. He would be really cool over here. He wouldn't fit only because he's a little slow and Romelo's teams run very, very yeah. fast. That's why Wagner would be a dream here, for instance. Right. So that that's one thing to keep in mind. But yeah, I, I, I would like him here. I think it would be fun to watch what happens with this guy. May I offer a suggestion? Uh, and in a bunch of uh, mock drafts, um, uh, this player has landed with the Hornets. Uh, so it's not an original suggestion like uh, like you had with... Uh, um, uh, you had earlier, Kai Same Jones, yeah. yeah, has thirty nine percent from three. He's also a big man. He's six ten and and change, uh, two hundred twenty one yeah. pounds. So he needs to he needs to bulk up a bit. But thirty nine point four percent from three, five rebounds, great athleticism. He's a bouncy guy. What do you think? What do you think? Is this is this part? Because I think the three point shooting is exciting to me. I like that. It's a little too wild for me. I think hmm. because he doesn't he doesn't have the big man the red see you don't draft big men to shoot threes that's you draft true. them for defense right like and his defense is shrug emoji you know like <laughs> it could be there it could not be there it really wasn't quite there like a lot of people don't even have him in the top 20 you know right. so uh i i i think this is one of those um you know you see the highlights you see the face you see the name kai jones it, it's a nice name, so it's a, you it's just a kinda, really good name. Yeah, but then Mike Malcolm Brogdon is a terrible name, but then one of those people became the rookie of the year. So <laughs> you know, it's important to remember shit like this also. So uh, and Charlotte needs to not do flashy right now. They took the flashiest guy and it worked out. Uh, give him guys who like accentuate his strengths, like Wagner helping Lamelo guard people. Great. Wagner providing uh, a backup uh, smart passing to link up plays further with Lamelo, great. Um, Wagner in transition with Lamelo, amazing. You know, so like I, I feel like that's a better way of looking at. I, I just I, don't I think not, I don't think Wagner stays on the board till eleven. I just don't see it happening. I I think it might. You never know. Hmm. Yeah, I think. So if I was Charlotte, that's what I would pray for. Like I said, now it all becomes about fit and what's happening going forward. So, yeah, it's it's going to be crazy. I like yeah. Wagner far, far yeah. earlier. So, for, for sure, anything could we'll happen see. here. Yeah, We'll see. Yeah. At number 12, the San Antonio Spurs. Not a team that's exciting. Not a team that has a lot of drama going on. But who do you pick, Sid? Uh, this is Josh, this, I love Josh Giddy here. Josh Giddy. Let's do it. It's it's very Let's unfortunate go. that the that the Spurs aren't picking high. I wish they would just tank. It's it's, it's such a waste to see the Spurs kind of middling like this. Uh, and there's no, no no they'll they'll get better. Like yeah. they they've got so much going on. Uh, once they does uh, Delauri De La- De Ozen goes <laughs> to LA, like everyone predicts, uh, it'll be very interesting. Uh, okay, Josh Giddy, Usman Garuba, Alperin Sengun, like. Just do it. Full Spurs. Only internationals. Let's pick one of them. Come on. Okay. All three of these dudes are legit, random, joker talents. Like, Josh Giddy with the exceptional point uh, passing ability. Usman Garuba, the best big man defender in this draft. Plays for Real Madrid. Awesome. Can't do anything else, though. Especially shoot. Don't tell me shoot. That'll be bad. Yeah. Uh, 
Sengun, who I described, uh, the Turkish league MVP, uh, slow, not tall enough, big man. Uh, but uh, this is prime Spurs time. Let's go. Look, if if they don't pick Usman Garuba, because Usman Garuba is basically Kawhi Leonard. <laughs> Like, it's basically exactly Kawhi Leonard. He's almost at the same spot also. Like, yeah, I think Kawhi went bigger. 14th. I think Kawhi went 14th. Yeah, he did. Yeah. yeah. So, Usman Garuba is going 12th. I think, yeah, he's about an inch and a half bigger. I think Kawhi is about 6'7". Uh, this dude's yeah. about 6'8", 6'9", uh, based on shoes on, shoes off. Can't yeah. shoot. Incredible defender. I mean, like, everything you read about him is hyper defender, insane defender, elite defensive effort. And Plays for Real Madrid, dude. Yeah. I mean... So, again, like, he's a, he's 19, yeah. he's played against grown professional players, and he's been an elite defender, which means he's definitely going to be a top-tier defender for the rest of his career. So, you've got I that. I think so. I mean, the worst thing that could happen to him is he'll become uh, Bismack Biombo. Not terrible. That's a career. I mean, Bismack Biombo has made more than $50 million. Yeah, that's so, a career. That's an okay career. You know, but, also, yeah. by the way, if this, why I'm saying the Spurs, if the Spurs pick him, they are the best shooting coaches in the league. They've done this before. They have, They can yeah. do it To again. Kawhi himself. Yeah. yeah. So, they can do it again. So, I think, I think that, that might be a really interesting pick. I'm, and I'm done. Trio, yeah. I'm down for Garuba at Spurs. It'll yeah. be wild fun. Yeah. <laughs> Kawhi part two. All right. Yeah, let's go. 13. Two picks left, uh, at least for the sake of this podcast. A lot more left in yeah. the draft itself. Yeah. Um, the Pacers at 13, Sid. Who have you got? If Giddy isn't picked here, he has to go here because he's a white guy. <laughs> like, <laughs> it'll happen. Okay? Like, there's only so many white guys you can pick and only so many of them are going to be good. Okay, but jokes aside, he's got a thing. Okay? And when you're at this part of the draft and you don't have a thing, you don't get to keep the guy. You don't keep the guy. Like, he's not good for you. Like, he's not going to be a good player. He's going to be a middling role player. But if he has a thing, which is, like, amazing passing skill, he can be a bench player forever. Yeah. He'll be fine, you know? Like, and this dude has it, man. He can pass lefty, righty, hook to the corner, hook to the other corner with both hands, uh, hit a head pass, you name it. He can make it happen, okay? And like you said, plays plays against grown men, you know? Yeah, so he's... 6'9", again, 6'8", six, 6'9", six, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, 6'8", uh, plays in the same league as Lamelo was from last year. Uh, yeah. So, uh, again, that grown man... Play, and let, let me just answer the stats on this guy. Pretty cool stats, right? So, uh, he's 6'8", so of course, he's got that kind of Luka uh, spread across the stats without the, without the shooting. So, 11 points a game, 7.5 assists a game, and 7 rebounds a game. Yeah. Those are, those are not stats to be scoffed at. I think not he's making all. full use of that size. He's clearly a fantastic playmaker at 7.5 assists a game. Uh, his yeah. height, of course, plays into that uh, for sure. Yeah. But I think this is this one of those guys that has will have incredible feel for the game. He's going to be, yeah. if nothing else, worst case scenario, he's a fantastic backup guard who's a nightmare uh, for the for the defense because he's so. He's the oversized. next Joe Ingles. Come on. Yeah, basically. He says it. I didn't say it. Don't make me sound racist. I don't care. <laughs> All right. I think I think Josh Giddy fair bet again. One of those players. Will he be there at thirteen? Is is a tough one because I think again. Yeah, but if he guard, if he is if he is. I'll just tell you one thing about him. The note before we leave from him. He could be a project that pans out. Okay. Uh, okay. The problem is the handle and the speed. Okay. He doesn't have the handle tight enough. And he hasn't negotiated the speed that well yet. Because 
he's still skinny and not like his full size yet. Right. So if he can tighten up the handle, get a little quicker, okay, and can be able to move up a little faster, there's no reason why he can't be a starter. Okay. Like the the shot, I think looks like it's coming. It it didn't look so great last year, but like this is when they make their big transitions, man. These guys. That's why you draft them at this age. Okay. So uh, I think in two years he'll have a very above average NBA shot, which will be awesome. By the way, it'll be awesome because you have a playmaker slash passer who's six eight. Already a great thing to have in your team. If he can get that handle to come along, that's your starter. That's your point forward starter. Put all your combo guards next to him. You're good. Yeah. So that yeah. that's my Josh Giddy. I, I completely, I completely buy that. I I love it when there's a spread of stats like that. I just love it because that means you've got multiple skill sets to build off of. He's just 18. He's played against. He's played in a professional league. It's uh, it's one of those things that for sure you're going to get a great bench player or role player out of it. So I think that's a fair pick at 13, uh, for sure. If if, if he's ex- if he's still there on the board, which would surprise me at 13. 100% they should go for him. All right. 14. The second of the Warriors picks. Now, we've already kind of declared that this one is probably gone already. Uh, but as we said, we're going to reset with every single pick. If the Warriors still have 14, Sid, who would you go with? If Davion Mitchell isn't picked, I'd pick him here. All right. All right. All right. That's my main thing. If he's not, if he has been picked, uh, and maybe one of those other cool guys that I like is there, like, like Giddy or uh, Wagner for whatever ridiculous reason, or Moses Moody, whoever doesn't feel like picking him. Like if those three guys are around, maybe one of those three guys. I, I like but, Moses Moody for this pick. But uh, sorry, finish, finish. I thought you were done. Go yeah, on. Yeah, but, but the problem is everybody can talk themselves into Moses Moody. So I, ve- I think he's the yeah. least likely to drop along yeah. the way. Like every single team we've talked about, we have never mentioned Moses Moody again because like every Every team we pass down the line, it edges up to 85% to likely to pick Moody, 90% to pick Moody. Okay, he's too perfect. So I don't. He's the least likely to fall out of yeah. those four guys. Okay, so the four guys I'm talking about are in a descending order of of who I think is going to fall: Moody, um, Giddy, uh, Sengun. Oh no, no, it wasn't Sengun. Who was the other guy? Uh, uh, oh, sorry, uh, Wagner. Wagner. Okay. Yeah. And Davion Mitchell, right? So if if Davion Mitchell is still here, I'll pick Davion Mitchell. Forget it. I'll just do it. Like this is where you take the twenty-two year old title winner, best defensive player, forty-four percent free three-point shooter, and uh, just the the winning win now package that you want from the guy. This That's is the true. guy. Yeah. Who you put next to Steph because Clay can't play 40 minutes anymore. Okay. Yeah. This is the guy who you just do all this stuff with. Okay. Uh, but if he's not there for whatever reason, my who I have been watching lately and I'm kind of talking myself into is uh, Chris Duarte. Have you seen this guy? Yeah. Yeah. Chris Duarte. Uh, 42%, yeah. 42.5% from three off of 144 attempted threes. So he can shoot. He's got that. Uh, critical skill set required to play Warriors ball. Eighty-one uh, percent from the free throw line, out of eighty uh, free throws attempted. So fantastic there as well, and uh, two steals per game. So he's not bad yeah, he's, on ball. He's very good defender. These are problem these are, is dare speed. I say Clay-esque numbers, but he's twenty-three, 
uh, and six six, so uh, more of a wing in that sense, uh, and kind oh, of at the six seven. Yeah, I, I think just kind of at the peak of his powers. Twenty three. This is this is who he is. Yeah, possibly, sure. Yeah, which is fine. Yeah, yeah. which is fine. You 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 know what? Uh, the pick I would trade the least is the fourteenth pick if I was the Warriors, hmm. because you're getting a guy like this guy. Who on the open market in a year's time? Trust me, if he if he does everything we think he's gonna do, okay. And uh, what that means is, ten points off the bench, forty percent free throw shooting, two assists, one steal a game, with maybe throw in a few rebounds. Can defend a two, mostly defends threes, kind of defends fours. Seventh guy off the bench. How much would you pay this guy? Seven million, eight Easy. million. Easy. You're getting him for two million yeah. for three years. Yeah, that's why you don't trade trade this guy because you're one of the most capped out teams. You don't trade the 14th pick for this reason. Like, I would rather give a pick swap in 2025 to the Wizards than give away the 14th pick. Well, I know it sounds ridiculous, but I think it's a better idea. No, they've they've got some assets to play around with. I think they'd want to keep. uh the uh that 14th pick because it does make sense because that entire tier of players there's some interesting players there whoever you get are the are the three four that we've just mentioned the four least likely to drop that you just said maybe wagner's gone and maybe uh maybe giri's gone as well but i still think between duarte between moses moody and i just want to make a quick case more most or just describe moses moody a little bit uh 65 uh again a wing 19 Uh, 38% from three, six rebounds a game, 81% from the free throw line, 17 and a half points per game. So this the dude's Moody, had a right? yeah, this is yeah. Moody. So he's had a good year. Yeah, he's he's got a lot going on. So he's a he's a fantastic uh, perimeter defender as well. Um, I I really think he could also be a strong pick at 14. And again, like you said, that's a really cheap contract to be paying a guy for three yeah. years. That that's the thing. And I'll give you one last guy. Uh, Trey Murphy the third. I don't know if you ever seen this guy. No, I have not. Six foot nine, forty-two percent three-point shooter. Oof. Yeah, and he can guard. That is. I'm just nice. saying. That is. He's nineteen. Nice. Yeah, can't yeah. do anything else. By the way, <laughs> okay. So uh, he oh he can cut. He's great at cutting. Sorry, I'm I'm my bad. He is statistically the best cutting scorer per possession after twenty five possessions in in college basketball the last year. Which team has a motion based offense that relies on cutting and three three point shooting? Yes, hundred percent the Warriors. Yes. Also, he's he's a freshman. Yeah. So yeah, that's a that's our lot over there. I We did go agree through with you though that I think this 14 pick was would be a would be a bad uh, give up. After I mean after looking at all, all the prospects again, uh the 7 and 14 for Bradley Beal, it's not a bad deal. But I think future picks versus this, I think you keep the 14 and you have any one of those four or five players that we just mentioned, that's a pretty good add on. Even the wings uh, even like I think I think the Moody's the is the bottom of that. Uh Pyle even I I still, I still think even he could really contribute. Yeah, of course he can. Yeah. Like he needs to hit two threes a game. That's, That's it. it. Yeah. And he will. Like and he's just, not that bad. And like. be and exist on defense, which is something the Warriors don't have. They don't he have. He can existence. do that too. They don't have a yeah. pulse. So yeah. he can just do that. They're good whenever Draymond and Clay are off the floor, which will happen I possibly mean, quite a lot in the season. 
exactly i mean look if 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 washington's like no we need wiseman we need seven we need 14 then i'm the warriors will be like okay then you just get one first round pick we choose the year and they're like no we want two first round picks then i'm like okay then i'm heavily protecting both picks yeah. what are you going to do now yeah. you know because i'm uh, or you give me 14 back and you can have one year and one pick swap that's it yeah and i think i think that's a that's a fair trade because they are getting essentially one year old player in wiseman they are getting a super high draft pick even the warriors and picked him second that's a top 5 pick no matter what and you've yeah. seen the shades of of a really good big man in wiseman the season may not yeah. have gone his way but i, I mean, mean there's some shades of really really good I, i think we have to remember like we just said it's the 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 toughest position to develop in is the center position the yeah. toughest team to develop in is a team that's winning the toughest time to do it is when you've n- not practiced and not had any game time yeah. for a year and a half and the worst pandemic in modern history has struck and uh, when you're playing well you get injured and have to sit out the rest of the season uh, i think the problem is people don't understand wiseman size and athleticism correctly like they think oh dian he'll be like dianre eaton or something he's 2 inches taller than dianre eaton and he's got 4 inches of wingspan on dianre eaton okay uh he's and that's critical because he can do the yanis like three steps to the basket after the half half line fly in and dunk he can do all this stuff like he's not just some guy like this athleticism is elite like is that again we talked about the top 5 guys in the draft having to have elite tools this dude can jump and run at an insane level not for a 7 foot guy for any person okay and he happens to be 7 feet like you see some of his dunks he looks like he's magnetically flying to the rim <laughs> you know like because he's too big they can't stop him you know so if you want if you think that uh the problem is everybody's valuing him low because it 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 helps them when they're trading with the warriors yeah no true true all right that was the lottery picks in the draft those were our bets for it uh we're 100% going to be wrong on most of them i don't know it's just this is how it goes this is who we are in terms it, of predictions yeah well no one is ever right in this stuff <laughs> but i think we are i think we did really well this time yeah. uh we had we we talked about a lot of great prospects uh what's going to happen now is the silly season is going to hit its peak with the lottery happening this friday or thursday i'm not sure depends on yeah, uh, our timeline i can't find it on the league pass app so i'm a little concerned that they are not airing it on the league pass app uh, which would be super weird of them uh, but as soon yeah. as i get that update we'll kind of share it and then uh, we will be back uh, with uh, a show on sunday evening when we will record again which will be probably the night before free agency so I'll, stick for look forward to that because yeah. that will be chaos we'll 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 recount the draft and our 14 picks we'll revisit them uh so i think we're both going to have to listen to this episode and write down who we picked where yeah, so that we can uh, talk about it later so we'll redo the draft obviously we won't do it in detail right now like we did today we'll do it in like like 25 30% of the time and spend the other half of the time talking about possible free agency moves and the the final episode of the the silly season as it were will be recapping the madness that was free agency so we got like a lot of good content coming up ahead 
which is shocking because the finals are over. But that's, that's what I'm saying. The NBA for you. The basketball is over, and we've got shit lined up for three weeks. We know exactly what we're going to talk about three weeks from now. Yeah, there'll, there'll be some USA basketball shenanigans in there as well. We, I think sure. we have to we have to do an Olympics episode uh, basis, whether they lose or if they start to win again. Uh, but we will have to do an Olympics episode <laughs> such, at some fucking point. Such <laughs> pessimism for the most talented athletes on earth. <laughs> <laughs> they lost to Rudy Gobert and Nicholas Batum. I'm sorry, hey, you man, deserve no sympathy. Defensive player of the year. <laughs> Max contract. All yeah. right. On that note, we will call it an episode. Thank you so much for joining us for our extra large draft explainer. We will see you next time. Bye bye.